Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower here with the Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence for the WIBR Warren Radio Network to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Pure Social, Spreely, Linktree, and you can also get on warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com to listen to our shows and download them and pass them along to your friends. You'll also find the Warren Radio on the following website streamers. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and leave a good comment on the shows where you heard us as your interaction helps us. And go to warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com for the following posts. Logos, Word of Truth. We look at this and the Word of Truth given. We also look further into the Logos, Rhema, and other truths when all this. And Maximum Overdrive Christianity. It goes beyond mere Christianity into the realm of the supernatural to find the source of your redemption and let the power fill you to move beyond what you could ever hope to do for the Lord. Also, Heaven's Victory in Jesus' Name. Heaven's Victory in Jesus' Name is a phrase that delivers to us victory today. Christ did not come to deliver you tomorrow or next week from your sins. And don't miss the testimony and faith of Jesus Christ. The faith and testimony of Jesus Christ at this time of the end Many will not come to Christ to find life eternal. However, he that hears this word and believes passes from death to life. Go to warn-usa.com for the following post. The Light, the Judgment, and the Word For many Christians in the West, this cost is something they have never known except in reports or movies. That cost for Wang Yi was the gospel, the light of the Lord, and the message is viewed as a savor of death to the communist Chinese government and a threat. And go to DanaGlennSmith.com for the highway of our God. The highway of our God is a pursuit. Governments of men have their agendas. Here, the Lord God called the end from the beginning. Be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danaglennsmith.com where you can also visit our Christian books and resource shop on where we feature Christian books and other resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, doing good. Here we go again. Yeah. 
Do you realize this is the last Wednesday in July? Yeah, see, I don't even have to tell you. <laughs> God, I can't believe. We were just getting in July. I know. And it's been a blister, just like last month. We've been in very, very hot temperatures. And for our area, all the way through November, supposed to be above average. Of course, it's not going to be as hot as it's been, but... Oh, I couldn't take several months of that heat. Well, you know, that's why I don't live down in Vegas or Arizona or Texaco or, or Texas and <laughs> Florida and, you know, down south. You know, I'm... Warm for me is about 76. I like mid-70s. I'm happy with them. But well, I don't want to complain too much because no. I don't want the cold. I well, hate it, winter. It gets cold here. So, well, you know the problem of it is you can't store it up in your body. You know, like you store <laughs> fat. Hey, hey, body, give me some, you know. Yeah, I'd like to be able to store up some of this heat for the coming winter. You know, just push a button and all of a sudden more heat comes out or something. But, yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately it don't work. And you know, it's it's cold around here in the winter. So at any rate, uh, up front, one of our focus topics is Nigeria. Pompeo is working with the ACLJ, and uh, they've been uh, going up to the UN, and um, and there's committees they've been going through to bring and I can't remember exactly how many they they've done this quite a few times writing briefs to bring it before the UN in regard to the Nigeria killing fields did you tell me like 10 or 12 well I you know it, it is quite a few and I and I can't remember the exact number you would think one would be enough well yeah you know but see that's the issue see I mean, we do business with China, and China continues to persecute the Christians. You know, we do business with India, one of the largest uh, democracies, supposedly, on earth. And they continue to persecute Christians and Muslims over there. And they do it all the time. We continue to deal with Pakistan. And Pakistan, as a Muslim nation, is notorious for uh, what they do to Christians there. And so, you know, the, the thing of it is, we just play business as usual. And I know we have to try to work with these regimes, but dear God in heaven, it, you know, it's wrong. And of course, yeah, I think it's wrong to be funding these regimes by buying the merchandise from their countries. The funds funnel into them, well, and we're helping fund them. What kicked this off is, and we, we see this a lot, you have uh, a church. And this one, the ECWA, the Evangelical Church Winning All. Now, see, I, I've told you before, I love what these native pastors, <laughs> I know. Uh, what they name their church. Like the, the Assembly of the Loving God. Loving God. God. Yeah. You know, that, that's who they are. They're assembly of believers of the loving God. And this one, it's an evangelical church and are winning all they can. Well, the guy that, uh, the reverend there is Danilami uh, Yakawai. Uh, if I said it correctly, this guy has been murdered. And uh, he has uh, um, a big family, fairly good sized family. And they kidnapped him along with two sons and a nephew. And uh, one of his children was uh, released. Um, and it, it was just released this last Sunday. And uh, see, the thing of it is, the good thing about having uh, smartphones is that a lot of these guys know how to use a phone. And so they can send a text. And that's how they found out that the pastor died uh, after being tortured. And they were probably trying to get him to recant his faith. More than likely. And, uh, you know, of course, then they wait for the corpse to be released. And who knows if they're going to do that. But this is really a macabre thing, you know. <sighs> the, the government doesn't do anything about these. 
and uh, and so um, the secretary of the church uh, texted a message to Morningstar News, who um, this wound up with International Christian Concern to carry the message out even further. So sometimes when we get these messages, we get them through several. Uh, uh, several uh, arenas of uh, communication but it's amazing you know during uh, the ISIS thing going through the Middle East I kept in touch and was able to find out what was going through through smartphones uh, the pictures the videos and and uh, the texts that they did uh, and uh, so uh, it's amazing how this works but you know this is just sick but the thing of it is, is that one of the reasons I wanted to focus on this, in the last 18 years, an estimated, now see, they don't have exactly, but they figure anywhere from 50 to 70,000 Christians have been murdered by radical Islamists. That's and, horrible. And in the process of all that, it displaced approximately 2 million people because of the war. Now, one of the greatest threats in Nigeria has been the Fulani, and they mentioned the Fulani because that's who did this. Um, and they so far have killed 3,462 Christians in 2021. They've killed the majority of them. Now, we can, can, we can confirm the Fulani are, are on a lot of stories where they're uh, attacking uh, villages, and the villages are usually... Um, small villages and nobody expects to be attacked and these guys come in with uh, equipped vehicles with uh, submachine guns and everything else and they just kill everybody that they can. Yeah, they're a bunch of cowards killing unarmed people. And nobody does anything. <clears throat> and so th this is the sickening part. I mean, while we're playing around like a bunch of fools in this country, you know, we're so foolish in America. We have a bunch of Democrats that are foolish and playing political games. Biden doesn't know what he's doing, and the border is a mess. And to show you the hypocritical nature of what America's doing, in contrast to what's happening in the real world. Well, you see, we have all kinds of illegals coming across the border, right? Well, the thing of it is, is that when... Uh, there was a lot of things happening in America, Cuba, a lot of their people down there began rioting for freedom. And uh, the Biden administration came out and said, well, don't come up here. We're not going to let you in. Well, they're letting everybody else in, but they didn't want to let them in. And they didn't want anybody to talk about it. <laughs> Biden came out and, and said a little something in support, you know. Uh, of of the people protesting, but nothing other than that. I mean, they've been two-faced about it, just like they are about everything else. And so, as long as they can put their stuff together, you know, the way they want, they're they're happy. And of course, everybody's now saying. I mean, a lot of people that I've seen on you know various things um, that uh, they're just trying to get. You know, these people coming across the border, the future Democrats are going to keep them in power. Well, you know, many years ago I was talking about this during the before Obama ever got in. I nailed it to the letter exactly what what was going on. He got out of there. The thing went away. I continued to tell people, and now all of a sudden everybody sounds surprised. Well, I wasn't surprised. I tried to tell people many, many years ago. Nobody wanted to listen. And people around here in America are, are really, at times, dumb as rocks. You can't get anything through their thick heads. And it's just like, you know, there's no way that Biden won that election. There's no way in hell, no way in anything that he won. Yet they cheated. We know that they cheated. And now the proof is coming out in various things. But, you know, they're not going to do anything. So we'll see how everything works. But see... You know, every day we talk about socialist regimes, and they're killing their people. What part of this don't you understand? Why do you want to be like them? <laughs> bunch of stupid Democrats, and then you got a bunch of uh, funky Republicans who side with them on various matters, 
And then they're making a show of this kangaroo court with this February, uh, January 6th thing. That's just ludicrous. It is. It's uh, and, stupid. And, of course, our hometown girl, Shaney's on it, and she's, uh, you can't talk to her. She's so full of pride you couldn't do nothing. She thinks she's defending the Constitution. No, you're not defending the Constitution, you stupid blonde. She's going against the her constituents. Yeah, well, she is. Concerns. Yeah, yeah. And she's siding with the Democrats. She's a rhino. So at any rate, you know, the, the bottom line of it is, is that, you know, we have things going on around the world that need attention. And what are we focusing on? A bunch of baloney up there led by a bunch of knuckleheaded Democrats and an old man. Uh, you know, Biden, he was out there speaking gibberish. I've heard two times this week at various conferences, news conference, that uh, um, he was speaking gibberish. And he started talking about the fact, he says, well, I can't go anywhere until they tell me to. He says, i got to stand right here. And he said that out loud. <laughs> Yeah, and then he was talking about his wife, and uh, you know, and then uh, the rest of the people there were saying that it, you know, uh, a couple of different. I don't know. I didn't listen to him. I've tried to listen to him on the on the field. Now, see, the key of it is is that we need things done in the world. Okay, we don't. It, you know, if Joe is that bad, you need to get him out there. You can't put Kamal in there because she's an anchor baby, uh, and she's not. Uh, a legitimate president because of the way her parents came over here and she was born here. She was born outside the country, not in the country. And she can't be president. But you're not going to hear the Democrats mention that. Oh, of course not. So uh, the whole thing is nothing but baloney. And so the Democrats will probably go down in his history as the biggest... Uh, uh, reason why America went into oblivion. But they wouldn't have been able to do it if we didn't have the sins that we do in this country. That's right. And and the irritating thing of it is is that we need to focus China, North Korea, Nigeria, throughout all of Africa this is happening, not just Nigeria. And we got to focus Pakistan India. We talk about these all the time. And what do they do? Write a letter when they meet with them. Well, by the way, can you do something? We've got constituents that are upset about it. And they meet. Well, I've heard Modi's response in India. He said the Christians are are mistaken. We don't have any problems like that here. Well, he's either stupid or blind. Because we they do have it. And he knows, he knows very well that they have it. He just you know, but hey, you know, Modi was seen with Bear Gryllis on one of his episodes, and uh, they got along real good. Well, that's really great, and I like Bear Gryllis, but give me a break. Bear Gryllis is a survivalist. He's not a politician. That's probably good. At any rate, Iranian ministry and the gospel. This is another area that uh, officially Shia, we've mentioned that before. Yeah, Iran is, they're officially Shia. Huh. I guess I didn't realize that. I've talked about the difference. The Shia are waiting for the Mahdi. Right, that's right. And the others, the Sunnis, are, are looking to establish a caliphate. Either way, if they get together, well, you know. And, of course, there, there's uh, other strains of Islam in there. Um, Iranian ministry reaches millions with the Gospels. Now, of course, the thing that helps here is because of the internet, and I, you know, we've been we've been doing this for over two decades. 
And before that, I was on the internet uh, with some of the first computers and online presence in our state. I was one of the few there doing it. It was 1,200 kilobytes at the time. And there's no videos, there's no pictures, there's no nothing. There's just a message board. And then along came AOL that changed a lot of stuff. And that's the history. Now, Iranian Christians in America founded a ministry about two decades ago. And they provide encouragement, counseling, and prayer to Iranians who are seeking help. And uh, they partnered with ICC and they picked up on satellite TV, radio, and social media. And so what has happened is the gospel message is actually spreading throughout Iran and it's assisting the underground church and anybody is going to be able to listen. Of course, the government hates it. And uh, here's a testimony. He says, one day one of my close friends had a horrible accident. His skull and neck were broken, full of despair that night. I watched your program, and on the program you said, it's never too late for God to do a miracle. What is impossible with man is possible with God, he says. Ask and it shall be given. So right away I called you, and you prayed for my friend. In a nation governed by strict religious legalism, the effect is transformative. The next morning, my, family's, my friend's family called me and said a miracle had happened. My friend was unconscious and had opened his eyes and could recognize everybody. Involuntarily, I fell on my knees, started crying, and called out loud the name of Jesus. Today, I'm a child of God and followers of Christ. Amen. That's exciting. You know, how many times have we heard those kind of testimonies? Oh, I know. A lot. Yes. And, you know, we get in America and we're like a, a bunch of closed off morons. We just, I mean, folks, you, you got to get out a little bit. And, I, and I'm speaking to myself, too, because I spend a lot of time uh, taking care of the websites, writing, doing shows. I mean, I spend all my time and I try to get up and get out. But, you know, really, there's more, more of a world out there. And you can't get all your news online. This is just ridiculous. There's a world out there that needs help. There's a God who is alive. And, you know, we are seeing more and more Old Testament, apostolic, prophetic, you know, the days of Elijah, you know, the days of the early apostles. Miracles, miraculous things happening. Yeah, I'm glad. Thank God. And, you know, we could say it doesn't happen, but we'd be lying. And it, and it happens all the time. We're reading about it all the time. Now, now, these people are just telling people through these shows, they get they sent through satellite TV to speak to them, you know, or radio. And many years ago, when God called me to this specific ministry, I was online you know, in the early online, on my computer, and behind me, uh, the Lord appeared and, and manifested, told me what I was to do. And I was in no shape to really do what he wanted me to do, but, uh, I mean, I wasn't full of alcohol or drugs or nothing. It just, I wasn't prepared. But it had been time for me to get busy. And so, you know, the bottom line of it is God is in an end time ministry. His gospel is going to go forth no matter what the world does. So remember that. You get all caught up in America and you think, you think that Biden and the Democrats are running everything. They're not. The Republicans aren't running it. The Lord God's in charge, and it's going to follow a course, 
And if you ever wonder about some of this, you need to follow my teachings that I'm doing in Romans and that I'm doing in Isaiah because I lead you, especially in Isaiah, how God moves and how he works with the people. Now, Morningstar News has a story on uh, India. And I have a number of these today because we're focusing on pastors. India's cost of the gospel faith. A suspected criminal is released on jail. This was about June 30th. And uh, and so the criminal, the guy that did it, was a Hindu of a certain village in a certain district in a certain state there. And he attacked a pastor with a wooden roof truss at about 8 p.m. at night. Now, see, the thing of it is, is that he had finished leading online worship at his house church that evening. And as the case is, sometimes you get a call. Now, in America, some of the pastors have been very, very careful about taking those calls. But he's in India. He has a call to go. And so he went there. And... It was the brother of the guy that actually killed the pastor. And he wanted him to visit a sick villager. And when he was ready to leave the ill person's home, that's when he was attacked. And this guy was waiting in ambush. And as her husband started, uh, tried to start his motorbike, he hit him from behind. That's terrible. He hit him three times on his head. And he hit him until his skull broke open. Now that's the kind of hate there is. And this guy was recently released on bail. He should never have been let out. So he leaves a family who have to fend on their own. He leaves a house church and there's no witness this is absolutely unconscionable but it goes on all the time I we can't tell you how many times we've talked about pastors now you may not give a tinkers whatever for a pastors and you may look in America and think everybody's rich and they got big churches. Well, I got news for you. In some places, these pastors li are living hand to mouth. When they took up the cross to follow Christ, it was a wooden cross. And there was no gold attached to it. The only thing is, when you're done with what God's called you to do, he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. my heart breaks for these oh, people. Oh, me too. And I would to God we didn't have to do it. But see, they overcame. Revelation 12:11. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. We're seeing more and more martyrs of the gospel today than ever before. So remember Remember these pastors overseas and their congregations. And if you can, help some of these ministries with boots on the ground. It takes a lot of work to get the stuff to these people. And then you have major people like Franklin Graham and a few others that have cargo planes and they can do a number of things all at the same time because they're big ministries. But they can't do it all. So we need to get together. And we need to help these brethren. And we're going to put this down.
Pray for Pastor Kumar's wife and his family. Yes, amen. That's sad. Um, it's very... Now, the senior pastor who actually men mentored the slain pastor, he led him to Christ 25 years ago. That's how long this pastor's been around. Wow. Neighbors found this murderer standing with a wooden beam in his hand as Pastor Kumar lay dead. And then they got the police. Now, whether or not he's going to do anything, I don't know. Whether they will do anything. But this is unconscionable. Yes, it is. And so, Tower has something. You ready? Yeah, I'm very excited to report on this. It's uh, about Asiya Bibi. And she's the Christian woman we've talked about for years. She'd been sentenced to death for alleged blasphemy in Pakistan. And she appealed her case several times. And finally in 2009, no, that was when she was, the incident occurred. But um, she was finally released or acquitted in 2018 and she was then granted refugee status in Canada and moved there in May of 2019 with her family. She was, um, you remember the story, she was in a field working and she drank out of a cup that other Muslim women used and they got mad at her and so an uh, argument ensued and five days later they reported her to the Muslim cleric for blasphemy and um, so she was sentenced to death by hanging and because of the worldwide attention that was brought to her case I believe that is why well and the Lord because of this she was able to be released and she rejoined her family and now she wants to be an advocate a voice for Christian people, the Christians in prison and in difficulties, because she knows what it's like. She expressed her gratitude for the people who worked to secure her release from prison and thanked God for her release. She said, when she was in prison, I was very worried about my children and husband. I was not aware where they were or whether they were safe or not. And she said at the same time she had hope in the Lord. And thanks to all the brothers and sisters who prayed and fasted, because of their prayers I am now free. She explained that Christian brothers and sisters worked very hard for her freedom. She's very thankful to everyone from the bottom of her heart. And she wants us all to join together and stand together with her to be a voice for our Christian brothers and sisters who are suffering and help them out of their situations, she said, just like the Lord did for me. And at the beginning of this video, Asiya described what her life was like in prison in Pakistan prior to being arrested and charged with blasphemy. She said with some of her happiest Memories were from her village in Pakistan were celebrating Easter and Christmas with her family. And they were the only Christian families in that village. And they were constantly hounded to, be, to convert to Islam. And they stood strong. And now they've been able to be free. Thank God for that. And so remember her and pray for her and that God will bless her. And I'm excited that she's free and able to go forward helping other brothers and sisters in difficulties. Amen. So am I. That's a good story. It is. And we were never going to report on her again because we didn't want her to have any problems, but... Now this story comes out and it's a good story. It's good for the it's a good it's a great update. I'm glad to have it.
and to know that she's doing well. Yeah. I think Cheryl also wrote a book, didn't she? She did. And I don't know where it's at, but, uh, well, at any rate, remember Sia Bibi and her family, and, uh, you know, we worked to support, uh, you know, this, this young woman and her family and everything that we could do. We covered her every step of the way during all those years. There was times we didn't hear nothing, long time. But she was always on our prayer list. And we, when she, uh, and we went through it with her when they released her and they said she could be set free, but they couldn't set her free because of the threats to her life. And there was a bunch of us, and we were watching. Finally, she got out. Nobody knew where she went. And now she's came out. And so she came out on her own. So Thank God. Yeah. So at any rate, we're up in Canada now talking about a pastor up there. This comes from CBN Faithwire, who got this off of, uh, I mean, related to Rebel News in Canada. <clears throat> and his name is uh, Tim Stevens and he was jailed after police helicopter discovered where he was holding his church's outdoor worship surface services and uh, you know they hunted him down by helicopter Th they were trying to find out where they were can you believe that that's crazy now, conservative Canadian media outlet Rebel News um, is the one that did the interview with him. And, of course, CBN then picked it up and we picked it up. Um, he spent 17 nights and 18 days behind bars. Now, you would have never thought that in America or in uh, Canada you would see them shutting down the church. Now, when I was a kid... And growing up, you wouldn't have dared to screw with the churches. That was that was like cursing yourself. Nobody would do that. Not in this country. Not even in Canada. No, you would never, ever imagine that going on. But today, we got a bunch of heathen up there that don't care. And the pastor is interviewed. Now, see, and the reason I'm bringing this, this is another pastor with trouble in the West where we've normally had it. And see, this is a warning to the church in America, the church in Canada, and this goes to the EU as well as to the UK. And you can look also in Australia, New Zealand, wherever the, the gospel spread. And, uh, you know, for years and years, this was known as kind of the Western Church, all these different areas. And it wasn't the Middle East. It wasn't Africa. It wasn't the Far East. This is where freedom was. This is where uh, Christianity was in its heyday. And... Uh, so he says, you don't know when you're going to get out of your cell for that little bit of free time when you can make a call, when you can have a shower. It's very rudimentary. It's very difficult to try to get comfortable because you don't have a lot of necessities. You don't even have a pillow. You have a few blankets and a very thin mattress. He was thrown in a small cage, is what they say. It's dehumanizing, he says. Basically, you're put into a small cage and you're left there, not really knowing what, what the next uh, coming hours, days, or weeks may even bring. When they underst understood why I was there, they didn't think it was right for me to be there. And this is him talking of those other inmates that were around him. They would call me pastor. They would open up about their own problems and want counsel, want advice. Even inmates who were hardened atheists came to appreciate where I was coming from. And we developed a good friendship among those other inmates there in jail. Christians have been made a scapegoat throughout time, he said. 
because for the most part Christians turn the other cheek rather than strike back and the pastor said there's a reason this congregation will continue to hold worship service we continue to go to church because it's not a matter of us trying to calculate based upon the consequences of our actions whether we should do it or not our convictions are settled by the Word of God and by our accountability to the Lord Jesus Christ so out of obedience for Christ we continue to gather and I continue to lead the church in his gathering and so I, I fully support this pastor Amen. And uh, in when you get over in Africa and a lot of other, there's a lot of people that don't have churches. They don't have nothing. But uh, you know, this is another pastor now. But this is this is close to home for us. Now here's another one, and this is about a pastor here in America. It's called Death in the Pulpit. That's my title. Because for all intents and purposes, the Reverend Russ Smithers, S-M-E-T-H-E-R, of the Abundant Peace Church should have been dead. On the evening of March 8th, uh, a guy stabbed him 21 times with a six-inch butcher knife. And he stabbed him in his head, neck, face, arms, and chest, just about everywhere you could stab him. The pastor says, I forgave him that night when I was laying in the trauma center. Yeah. What else you got to do? That's right. You think about these things. I, I can't die here and have a grudge. I got to forgive him. You do? Yeah. So I got to hand it to him. And people need to do that, he said. You can't have that hold you back from moving forward in life, that negative approach. That spreads like a virus. It goes into your life, and you're never going to forget, but you must forgive. God didn't do this to me. He gave us free will. It means that that gentleman had the free will to stab me, he continued. God kept me alive and made me a better person from it. God spoke to me and said, you're going through some stuff right now, but you're not going to die tonight. It helped me. But God got me through. It was all God. He put that extra skill into doctors and nurses, the reverend said. Amen. You know, and this this is tough. I mean, here you are in America. And, of course, if you get on the streets in this world, in, in America, it's dangerous. In the big cities, it's really dangerous now, especially with all the anti-white stuff going on. And the devil has made a heyday out of this in this country. And a little plug for my book, The Rising. I finished the main part of that book before COVID. But if you were to read my book, you would get another side of what has happened now to us here. So at any rate, it's not done yet. It's right in the middle of... Uh, the publishers. Now we got another pastor. This is in New Delhi. And the pastor Sanjay Kumar. There's a lot of Kumars over there by the way. I don't know why. Must be like Smith or something. <laughs> <laughs> and so he has a wife and children and several members of his church in this one district. Well, the thing of it is, they arrested the whole bunch of them. And uh, they got them on COVID-19 restrictions, the same thing as the other guy in Canada. See, they're using this COVID thing as a lockdown thing. They mm -hmm. also tried to use that over in California. So this is really a pain in the butt. Just because it's COVID, especially in America, they have no right to close you down at all. Matter of fact, that's gone to the Supreme Court already, and Newsom in California got in trouble for it. Good. He says, as soon as I was taken inside the police station, a policeman slapped me three or four times on my face, punched me in my stomach. He hurled curses and accused me of alluring people and converting them. 
And then, of course, they took him to another room. And he says, hell broke open on me as they mercilessly tortured me for 30 to 40 minutes. <sighs> he said, I begged them to spare me, repeatedly asked them, what's my fault? The officer assumed he paid people to change their religion. <laughs> the pastor said, asking him such question as, how much money do you give people to, to give to allure people to change their religion? Where do you get your funds from? Who funds you? He denied all allegations. He said he lived in a humble rental and would not be in such dire economic condition if he received, it. He received outside funds. Right. Yeah. yeah. Go look at my home. You know, I'm not getting rich. Have you figured it out? He said, I've not changed anybody's religion, he told the officer. People invite me to their homes to pray for them. I do. And these are all false allegations and rumors. Well, the Hindus spread it there. And so they treated him as if he was a dangerous criminal. For a few days, I was in much pain with the swelling on my legs and face. Blood oozed out of my ear after repeated slaps, and I was unable to hear from the ear for a week. The pastor had moved to this village 12 years ago, and it's uh, an important Hindu pillage, uh, pilgrimage site. And so they don't like him living there because he doesn't belong there. And so they ordered him to leave the village. A pastor ended up submitting a written complaint, but uh, they always request that it go no further. They will put it in writing, but it won't go anywhere. We see this a lot in India. Yep. And so there's no justice from the cops ever that we've seen. Very, very unlikely. <coughs> and so he said, I don't, he didn't want any inquiry against the local police station. And of course, that'll cause additional suffering, so he can't do it. Yeah. And uh, they didn't have a grain of rice in their house to feed the children. And uh, the authorities returned and confiscated the Bibles and books. And uh, that's so when he withdrew his complaint against them. So uh, the pastor moved his family 650 miles away. And that's usually what they have to that's do. That's too bad that he had to do that. Yeah. But that's the way it is. So at any rate, so this is, I think that's the same thing, isn't it? Well, you know, India is ranked 10th on Christian support organizations open door watch list. Number 10, as a country where it's most difficult to be a Christian. That's quite a record. Yep. Korea's held the number one spot for years and years and years. That's something to be proud of. Yeah, it is. I read your story, by the way. I know you did. That's okay. Well, you can read your other one. Because we got time for that. You want me to do that now? Yeah, Or ahead. do you want to do that? want me to read the Pakistan girl Let's see we're at the Iranian secret believers now oh, that's a good one too. yeah it is go ahead and do that one and then we will. well this story is um, how to prepare for arrest in Iran one woman's story of radical faith, suffering, and escape. It comes to us from Open Doors. And her name is Saghar. She's a believer in Jesus Christ. And the Iran's secret police and policies devastate the churches. Yet many believe no matter what. This is a... This is a 
portion of an article from Open Doors. Sagar found her seat on the plane. Her headscarf was draped loosely around her head. She tried and failed to stop her hands from fidgeting in her lap. If she knew that, at that moment, her name was being called on the loudspeaker in the airport, she would have been even more nervous. She tried to force herself to lift her head to look out the small window and take one last look at Iran, her home. But fear paralyzed her. In the secret, if the Secret Service caught her, she might end up in prison, perhaps even one of the worst ones. The plane sat at the gate, the flight attendants making their rounds, and there was nothing Saghar could do but wait. Soon she would be free, or she'd be behind bars. She grew up in a Muslim family. Her first encounter with Jesus was a, through a vivid dream. Follow me, Jesus said, and it was that simple but powerful call that changed her life forever. In Iran, leaving Islam for Christianity is a dangerous choice. Did she know what she was getting herself into, she said? Yes, to Jesus. Probably not. Oh, did she know when she said yes to Jesus? Probably not, but as her love for Christ grew, so did her courage. Saghar began to regularly gather with other Christians, worshiping and praying. It was always risky, but the fellowship was the basis of their growth in faith. They shared their lives together and became family. Eventually, Saghar even decided to take the most dangerous job in the church, the pastor. And then... The unavoidable happened. Iran's Secret Service raided the church. The officers entered the apartment where the house church members were meeting. They forced open the door with a crowbar, but didn't raise their voices to avoid the attention of the neighbors. They were silent in their aggression and focused on their objective. Before any of the church members realized what was happening, women were pushed into the room into one room and men into another. The church members looked at their leader, their eyes full of fear, their faces asked, what will happen to us? Every Christian in Iran knows what might happen if they're caught worshiping outside the small number of carefully monitored registered churches. House churches are regularly raided by police and dozens of Christians end up in prison each year. During interrogation, the security officers lie to believers, entice them to give up the names of other worshipers or church leaders, and work to destroy the church from within. Now that'll wake you up. Yes, it it would. Well, I believe she must have got out since well, we're well, he- reading, hearing the story. Yeah, yeah, she did get out. But all the rest of it is over. It was in Presence magazine. So you have to go over to Open Doors USA. It just, you know, the difference between America and the world has always been stark. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, is that you know, we continue to see these kind of things, you know, in America. You know, we're, our own liberties are being threatened. They are. And so there, there's just no two ways about it. You can just see how this woman felt. She sat there just waiting hoping that they would hurry up and take it off. <laughs> Why are you taking so long? You know? Yeah, I mean, that's you, you can you can sit there and just imagine the nervousness and all the rest of the stuff along with it. And so this this is really one of those stories that you know, you can identify with if you were trying to escape. And what if they caught you? 
you know, I mean, we, we talk about the believers over in North Korea who escape and get into China. If China catches them, they'll send them back to North Korea. Right. And then their families and them will all get killed. I mean, uh, North Korea is terrible. They are. And China's not any better. And so we see this kind of persecution worldwide. Now, see, the Biden administration now wants to kiss up to Iran and make a deal with them. And Iran is doing this to the Christians over there. Oh, I know. And there's a lot of reasons they're doing it. One of the reasons they're doing it is there's a lot of Christ, a lot of Muslims converting to Christianity. And of course, they always blame the pastors and the people. They don't understand that if God wants to convert, wants to answer the call of a hungry heart in Persia or Iran, he's going to do it. Yes, he will. If he wants to move in India, Modi has not one tinkers nothing to to say or do anything about it. You know, and if he wants his pastors to minister to the flock during COVID, there's no way you have a right. Because God's going to rule his church and he's also going to hold the unbelievers accountable. So this is all coming down to the day and the hour when vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, will come into play. It is also a time when in Revelation where it says he will destroy those who have destroyed the earth. Unfortunately, there are those human beings today combined with the principalities and powers of darkness that want to destroy the earth. And they want to destroy as many people as they can destroy. One of the major people, groups bar none, destroying people and churches and lives today is radical Islam and the other one is communism or Marxism. Upsetting people's lives. And everything in America that's been going on, it's all related to radical Marxism yes, and Marxist it is. thought. Yes, it and is. And Joe Biden and the Democrats have hooked onto this, you know, all the way. And so the bottom line of it is, is whatever they decide to do, whatever they can do, doesn't matter because God's in charge. That isn't going to change anything about what we're going to do. They don't understand that yet. Well, we'll put you in jail. We'll do this. We'll, we'll do that. Well, you better watch it, buddy, because there's somebody that holds the lifeline on who you are. Your breath is only so long if God takes it from you. So a little fear of the Lord is due here and time for you to wake up. And I'm speaking to the Democrats. I'm speaking to Joe Biden and the rest of you. As well as the Republicans. And Cheney, take off that pride. I rebuke that pride in you in Jesus' name. Amen. She needs to. I agree. Where two or more agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. We're going to have to get out of here. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We're always glad to be here with you. And we ask that you pray for your our brethren around the world. Keep them in your prayers. And we pray for you and hope God's best for you. Stay safe and well. Look to the Lord and trust in Him. He is our hope. We love you. Have a good night, everybody. God be with you. Don't forget to go by our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Read the articles, listen to the shows. When you listen to the shows, be sure to give us a thumb up, leave us a good comment. Let them know you've listened to the show. You can always drop by our websites, visit our contact page, send us a message that way. That's the way we get messages. So until next week, next time rather, coming up tomorrow, we'll see you. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.